The following is a President's Chapel given by Professor Joel Kim. For more information about this lecture or about Westminster Seminary, California, visit us online at wscal.edu or call 888-480-8474, wscal.edu, 888-480-8474. Turn with me to Psalm 67 this morning for our final chapel for this semester and this calendar year. Psalm 67 is our text for this morning. Hear now the word of the Lord. To the choir master with stringed instruments, a psalm, a song. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us, that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Let the people praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you judge the people with equity and guide the nations upon earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. Let's turn to the Lord in prayer. Father, grant to us encouragement, challenge, as well as conviction this morning through your word. We ask that as you bless us, O Lord, that our hearts may desire your glory and your church's flourishing. For we pray these things in the name of your precious Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Many of us are very familiar with benedictions that come at the end of our worship on Sundays. Benedictions remind us, the worshipers, that God has the first and the last word in worship. It reinforces the truth that God is the main message and the main messenger in our worships. It declares the reign of God as a present reality and a promise of the future. And of course, as you know, the benediction reminds the church of her blessings and her mission. It declares without hesitation to whom we belong and to where we are sent, reminding the church of its mission of being a witness and light upon the world. In the words of the benediction in our text this morning, we are reminded of our blessings, our blessings this morning, and our responsibility to bless in grateful response. Perhaps you may hear the words that are familiar to you in the beginning of our psalm this morning. This is usually the benediction that many pastors use, blessings of Aaron found in Numbers chapter 6, where the words are, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. As you can tell, Psalm 67 echoes these words. Wherever the psalm is sung, the hearers cannot help but remember the words, the blessings from the lips of Aaron. Here this morning, we want to ask the question, what do these words of blessings teach us? Well, first... We are taught that the blessings come from the Lord. We should note well here, God the creator and redeemer is the one from whom all blessings flow. May God be gracious to you. May God bless us. And may God make his face to shine and to be known upon the earth. Just in case you missed the point, the end of the passage in Numbers that record these words of blessing 
end up with the Lord summing up what he just taught us when he says, I will bless them. Actually, the text is quite emphatic when he says, I myself will bless them. Why is there so much emphasis on where the blessings come from? Perhaps it's because of our natural tendencies to look for blessings where blessings are not found in all the wrong places. For you see, the Israelites often sought blessings from other nations instead of going straight to their Lord. This often led to worshiping of the idols of the nations instead of worshiping the one and true God, in making golden calves instead of devoting themselves to worship before their Lord and God. Well, perhaps this morning, many of us are guilty of looking for blessings where no true blessings are found. Perhaps we are no different than the Israelites in terms of going to places where blessings cannot be found, whether in relationships, in wealth, status, education, or perhaps many on your minds, grades, this week and the weeks to come. We desire to feel blessed from having and owning these things without recognizing that these are mere illusions for us. James 1.17 reminds us, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights. But it's not only that the blessings come from God, we are taught that the blessedness, blessedness is to know God. What is a blessing that the scripture teaches us? Perhaps we can summarize it this way. True blessing comes from a face-to-face relationship with God, experiencing his presence and his favor. True blessing comes from a face-to-face relationship with God, experiencing his presence and favor. For Aaron's blessing begins with the Lord bless you and keep you, a promise of God to provide for our daily needs when the daily needs were difficult to come by. Certainly the psalmist does promise the Lord's provisions when he says in verse 6, the earth has yielded its increase. God is our God. He shall bless us. Yet this morning, the focus of Psalm 67 and the Lord's blessing there are found in these words when he says in verse 1, may God be gracious to us and make his face to shine upon us. To make his face to shine upon us. True blessing is knowing God face to face. The image of having God's face shine upon us is a wonderful image for us to consider. Perhaps you have seen people's face shine upon you. Do you remember your toddler's face when you come back home from work and he or she is excited to see you only to grow up to be a teenager and not care about you coming home at all? Perhaps you may recognize the face of your children when they open up their gifts for the first time and with excitement approach the gift that was prepared for them. But the essence of the biblical blessing is to have the Lord's delight in us so much that it is as if his face shines whenever he sees us. Blessing is not primarily our faces shining at beholding the beauties of God as if these are simply things that we want to get excited over, but true blessing is when God delights in us and his face shines upon us. True blessing is when God delights and beams when he sees us. But the problem is that we do not deserve it. And this is where the teaching reminds us that blessedness is only possible because of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. 
What makes this blessing truly amazing is that we were once undeserving, all of us, of this blessing. Our sins got in the way. Our guilt prevented us from coming before God and beholding the holiness of God. You may recall the wonder of Isaiah when he said, woe is me for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips for my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts, he said. And he concludes in chapter 12 that God was angry with us because of our sins. In Romans, Paul described our condition in chapter five as weak, ungodly, simply sinners upon whom came the wrath of God. This may be difficult for some of us here to believe, but we were once, if not now, in rebellion against God in our sins and in our sinfulness, where instead of his face shining upon us, we were facing the full force of his wrath and his anger. But Jesus, but Jesus, for Jesus is the embodiment of the perfect son and God himself said of him, you are my beloved son, with you I am well pleased, he said in Luke chapter three. We know that he shouldered our sins and failures, he endured the mockery and ch chastisement of the soldiers, he faced abandonment and ridicule from the very people for whom he came. Yet perhaps even more, most difficult is the abandonment of his father when he hung upon the cross where he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In reading through the preachings in Acts, in our Gospels and Acts class, twice in the preaching in Acts, Jesus is described as hung on a tree and taken down from a tree. That is, Luke records these sermons and instead of using the usual cross, the reference to the tree emphasizes the curse and shame associated with the cross itself. As one commentator says, surely no Christian preacher would have chosen to describe the death of Jesus in terms which drew attention to the curse of God resting upon the executed criminal unless he had first faced the scandal of the cross and had come to believe that Jesus had borne the curse on behalf of others. This is exactly what Paul says in chapter three of Galatians, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us, so that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles like you and I. What Jesus endured on the cross was the opposite of the blessings promised in Psalm 67. God did not shine his face upon his only begotten in whom he was well pleased. He was bruised for our iniquity. He was broken for our sins. He was abandoned for our faithlessness. He was cursed for our blessing. Thus Paul summarizes in 2 Corinthians 5, for our sake God made Jesus to be sin who knew no sin, so that in Jesus we might become the righteousness of God, that he be pleased with us. Because of Jesus, we now receive God's blessing that we did not and do not deserve. Once a sinner deserving of wrath, God, as he says in verse six, our God, 
God, our God, shall bless us because his face shines when he sees us in Christ Jesus. He now sees me and you through the blood of Jesus Christ, his son. God's face is turned toward us in Christ Jesus, and no matter what happens in life, it can never, ever be turned away from us again. Thus he says in verse 6 and 7, God, our God, shall bless us. With confidence, he's able to say, God shall bless us. Friends, we are indeed blessed. As we look back upon this year, not only this semester, but this calendar year, we have much to be thankful for as an institution, for we have been indeed very blessed. The Lord sustained us by providing us partners and friends who pray and support us regularly so that you and I can be educated and continue to labor together. The Lord provided us with the Westminster Village where future pastors and pastors' families can live and learn together. The Lord has encouraged us with the accreditation renewals, a significant blessing for us as an institution as we serve the churches. The list can go on, actually. We can spend a lot of time thinking through and remembering the Lord's blessings. But the Lord has blessed us most by making his face to shine upon us, you and me in Christ Jesus our Lord, assuring us that we are his beloved. It's not determined by your grades in the next few weeks. We want you to work hard. It's not determined by the quality of your papers, although we want you to do well. Here, the Lord has spoken for you in Christ Jesus, his son, and that blessing cannot be changed. But the psalmist goes on to remind us, as blessed people, there is a purpose to this blessing. The psalmist is clear that being blessed comes with a purpose in verse 2. So that your way may be known on earth, he says, your saving power among the nations. Surrounded by blessings, the core of the psalm is the refrain of verses 3 through 5, where verse 3 and 5 begin and close the refrain with the same words, let the peoples praise you, O God, let all the peoples praise you. In the middle of these twice-repeated call for praise is divine intention and desire in verse 4 when he says, let the nations be glad. John Piper didn't make up those words is the psalmist declares, let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon the earth. For you see, blessed people worship. In these three short verses, we are reminded to praise and sing for joy five times. Let the people praise you. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. Let the peoples praise you. Let all the peoples praise you. What do you think the psalmist is trying to say to us when he repeats these things five times in such a short span? Friends, having received his abundant blessings, are our lives marked by praise and thanksgiving? Having tasted the goodness of the Lord, are our lives characterized by thanksgiving with joy, having experienced his presence in Christ Jesus, are we led, compelled, cannot help but to worship him daily, hourly, minute by minute? Even unbelievers thank God and give praise when things are going well. 
What makes Christians so contrarian is the very fact that we give praise, lift up thanksgiving, and worship God even in the midst of pain and weaknesses and sometimes obstacles that seem too big for us to overcome. We do so because he has been good to us and his promise to us to bless cannot be changed. Moreover, blessed people not only praise and worship, blessed people proclaim. They proclaim. The community of the saved not only gather to worship, but also to proclaim. The joy cannot be contained. It must be shared. It must be proclaimed. We are called to this. Your way may be known on earth. Your saving power among all the nations. There are no boundaries here. The psalmist repeats all peoples and all nations, ending with a call in the last half of verse 7, let all the ends of the earth fear him. As one of the commentators says, McLaren says, this psalm is truly a missionary psalm. In its clear anticipation of the universal spread of the knowledge of God, in its firm grasp of the thought that the church has its blessings in order to the evangelization of the world, and in its intensity of longing that from all the ends of the earth a shout of praise may go up to the God who has sent some rays of his light into them all and committed to his people the task of carrying uh, the brighter illumination to every land. This is the reason why you and I are here, not simply for intellectual growth and gain, but that his message of his grace in Christ Jesus may be shared through our lips. As I was sharing with many of you last Friday, I was recently in Japan where in Tokyo one morning, I was having breakfast with Rui Wang, a graduate from two years ago, who is a Chinese national, who is in Japan having gotten his PhD in civil engineering there, the Lord found him there, and being called into ministry, came to our school to be educated, now pastoring an international church in Tokyo. Along with Mark Bocanegra, who's a recent graduate of our institution, who worked in Japan, met his wife, and decided that long-term missions is what he wanted to do, became an MTW missionary after his education here, now there, sitting three of us in a cafe in Tokyo, a, a Filipino-American, a Chinese national living in Tokyo, a Korean American now sitting in Tokyo together strategizing about what the Lord is doing among the nation of Japan. What, what a wonderfully challenging, encouraging work of the Lord as our students come from the world and go out to the world. For you see, to proclaim and exalt his name, that is what you are being equipped to do. But lest you think this is about your future reality when you actually head into your ministry, even now, you now here versus them, their future is exactly where the blessings must be shared and proclaimed, even among, one of, among each other, even in the classrooms, in your churches, in your families. The blessings must be proclaimed. For blessed people worship and sing praises to the Lord, bless people, share the word, recognizing that this gospel of grace in Christ Jesus cannot be contained, but must be shared. So friends, I realize that these are busy weeks for you. Your eyes and your minds and our hearts are focused on papers, your exams, 
But I do hope and pray that the Lord by His Spirit will remind you that these things, as important as they are, these are penultimates of the Lord's blessings in your life. Here, may he lift up your countenance to see his glory. And as you conclude your studies for this semester and look forward to the end of the year, I have nothing better to say than to echo the words by saying, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace both now and forevermore. Let's pray together. Father, we are so grateful to you for your blessings upon our lives. We thank you most of all for your son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, through whom you see us and your face shines upon us because of his blood. We're so grateful, Lord, that your promise to be with us and to bless us is with us and goes before us. And we ask that, O oh Lord, you will sustain us in these busy weeks and times not only granting us physical and mental strength to focus and do our work well, but also to remind us and provide us perspective that at the end, these are not the things that allow our standing before you, but simply the blood of Christ Jesus our Lord. And may we be able to experience and see and witness your face shining upon us as your beloved through your son, Jesus Christ our Lord. For we pray these things in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Copyright 2018, Westminster Seminary, California. All rights reserved. You are permitted to reproduce and distribute this material in any format, provided that you do not alter the wording in any way and that you do not charge a fee beyond the cost of reproduction. For web posting, a link to this document on our website is preferred.